Praise the Lord on today, everybody. Minister Anthony Bowder here, praying that everybody is on fire for the Lord, continuing to press into his promises, continuing to allow him to shape, mold, and make you into the awesome, unstoppable vessel of God that he has ordained you to be. Coming to you live today on the podcast with a word entitled, Be Anxious for Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. In the book of Philippians, we find this verse in the fourth chapter, in the sixth and seventh verse, it reads, be careful for nothing. Some translations say be anxious. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall and minds through Christ Jesus. What an amazing gift and promise God has given us through Jesus Christ and his shed blood that we as modern day believers, sons and daughters of the most high God in a troubled world, in troubled times, in a crooked world with crooked systems, crooked men and women at the top, all looking for self-gain and self-satisfaction, stepping on those on the bottom, trying to keep them on the bottom, increasing the middle class and continuing to shrink the upper echelon of, of existence of life that Jesus has promised, that we have this promise that God has afforded us through the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians. He's talking to the Philippians about the high calling of God. This is the high calling of God. This is the elevated position where we are blessed to show that through prayer that there's a cure for our anxiety. And we are urged a more noble sphere of existence to live a life that keeps our mind at ease. He tells us, he says, be anxious for nothing, meaning do not fret, do not worry, quit pushing, quit operating in the flesh, quit leaning towards your own understanding, hallelujah, and operating from a place of ignorance because you know not what tomorrow shall bring. You know not what lies over the hill around the corner. You don't know what's in the heart and the mind of the person. You're judging them by their external or their outer appearance, but on the inside, they're raving wolves. They're going to steal from you. They're going to kill you. They're going to break your heart. They're going to lie to you. They're going to mislead you. God is saying, be anxious for nothing. I've given you everything. It says in second Peter uh, one and three, everything that pertains to life and godliness. I've given you everything, but do you know what I've given you because you surrendered to me, you've submitted to my instruction, that you seek my face, that you've inclined your ear to hear me and block out your own voice and the voice of others. You see, because when you're in Christ Jesus, you're a new creature and you're no longer carnally minded, but you're spiritually minded. So all your instructions come from above. They don't come from the earth. You sit still and you wait on God, he says in Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know that I'm God, meaning Stop it. Don't be anxious. Don't fret. Don't rush. I got it. I know what things you have need of even before you ask. This is a renewed mind because we're taught to believe if we don't help God, it doesn't happen. They take the verse and says, if a man don't work, he don't eat, or faith without works is dead. And they put all that in the natural understanding of things, not understanding that if God tells me to not do anything, to sit still, just to trust him, then I'm doing what I've been instructed to do. Now, to the natural mind, to the educated mind, to those that live only in the flesh, they'll tell you you're in sin and you're misunderstanding God. 
But when you've been empowered by God, when you've been equipped, when your flesh has been crucified, when you know how to submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and allow him to bring things to pass in his due season or due time, you can be still and know that he's God and trust that he's working everything for your good. You don't know how, you don't know when, you just know that it's so. So you can operate in peace, you can rest, you can relax, and you can do those things that God is commanding you to do during that season that he's working on your behalf. You're not being lazy, you're not being slothful, you're operating from a higher position, from a kingdom position. You see, not many people elevate their minds and their hearts to be able to surrender to operate from a kingdom perspective where we don't have to help God. We're talking about harmony of thought and a disposition that is a godly disposition. We're talking about thinking as God thinks, thinking godly thoughts, bringing all our thoughts under subjection, huh? under captivity and to the, to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Because though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10, I believe, uh, I could be wrong, but I do believe I'm right, but I'm going to make sure because there's nothing like giving you a verse, and that is not it. It is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, yes, verses 3 through 5. Yeah, that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That is a kingdom perspective. That is not being anxious, understanding that I am like the quarterback and, and, and Jesus is the running back in this particular instance. And I'm handing the football of worry, of stress, of doubt, of provision, of need, of, of health to him. I'm handing him the football and Jesus will run with it. And now my job is over to simply praise him and thank him in advance that my, my, my needs, my petitions, my desire, uh, it, uh, because I'm in him and I'm, I'm I'm, 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 I'm honestly or, 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 or earnestly seeking him. Uh, he's changing my heart. He's changing my mind. He's equipping me. He's structuring me to be his vessel in the earth. So I know that he's going to fulfill my needs because the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 19, but my God is personal, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. God's going to do it. So he said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you see, by prayer, prayer is our conversation with God. It's our interaction with God. It's not simply going to God asking for physical needs. It's just communion with God. It's conversation with God. It's intimacy with God. I don't have to ask him for anything. I can go to prayer and just praise him and thank him and admonish him and lift up his name for only he created in the heavens and the earth. And on the sixth day he created man and on the seventh day he rested. Only he promised that he would never flood the world again. Only he sent his only begotten son to rescue us from an eternal wrath and eternal hell and eternal death and eternal separation that's worth praising him and thanking him for that I'm now able to come beyond the veil which was torn hallelujah after he was crucified in the name of Jesus and the mission the assignment was finished that I was now able to bypass the religious systems and rituals of men and go directly to my God and 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 have my petitions heard face to face not having a man in the middle misleading me charging me money or telling me uh things that are not true keeping me further away from my god instead of leading me into his presence i could now 
go on my own. Everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is simply just, it's, it's a repeated process. So, uh, supping him, uh, coming before him, spending time with him, repetitiously doing it over and over and over again in his presence and adding thanksgiving unto that. Letting my request be known unto God. By this, I'm telling God that I know that you're Jehovah Jireh. I know that you're the great I am. I know that you'll supply all my needs. I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know that there's no system, no no person, no human being, no power, no principality uh, that's higher than you, that is stronger than you. So my continual coming to him uh, confirms that he is who he says he is and that I believe it. And because I'm not anxious for anything, I'm not careful for anything, I can wait on the Lord. Because the Bible says those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Why does my strength need to be renewed? Because my flesh is being destroyed. My flesh is being dealt with. My flesh is being put in its proper place of not being the God of my life anymore. I've crucified it. I've taken the keys and the steering wheel back and I've handed it back to my creator. So God is telling us that uh, I, 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 I can be careful for nothing. I can uh, come to him letting my request be known and thanking him in advance that he's going to do it because the Bible says that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, uh, those things that we desire, we're going to have them, the Bible tells us and verse 4 and 7 in Philippians says and the peace of God God has a peace which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus it's only through Christ Jesus there's no other way it's only through Christ Jesus that he's going to keep our hearts and our mind what is that peace of God because God is sovereign because God rules over all because God has no equal in any circumstance or situation in any realm in any stratosphere this peace of God is the Hebrew word shalom. Peace be unto you. Shalom. Jesus said it a lot in the Bible. Peace be unto you. He told him to not be afraid, to not fear. But peace has such a further reaching uh, scope than we understand in the Western culture. When he talks about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, it's something that you must fight for, something you must seek, something you must press into to get the understanding that when he's talking about peace, he's talking about the totality of your being. He's talking about your completeness. He's talking about being made whole. He's talking about access to your Godly success, your divine success that he's ordained before the foundations of the earth, knowing that you would submit and surrender to be a son or daughter of the most high, that you would deny yourself and the customs and the systems of this world. Once you were enlightened and empowered and strengthened to walk in them, that you would turn away from this way of doing things to God's way of doing things. He's saying his peace will give you total fulfillment where you no longer think that you need things or people or you won't seek after these things for fulfillment because you understand all your fulfillment has already been given through what Christ Jesus has done. And that he tells you, like he says in Psalms 84 and 10, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. God has the good thing that your heart desires, but your heart cannot Fulfill it. Your heart cannot attain it. The world will have you jump through loops and misguide you to all types of endeavors, all types of things, wasting times, making it seems like you're prospering, making it seems like you're advancing, making it seem like you're winning. But then all of a sudden, a moment of time will come after years have passed 
and you'll realize it's all been for naught because you've taken your eyes off of the prize, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, that you have not obeyed the instructions to be careful for nothing, hallelujah, that this peace that God wants to give you, this wholeness that is yours, it, it brings about harmony, it brings about divine harmony where Proverbs 16 and 7 comes into play where he says, for when a man's ways pleases the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. How amazing is that? That when I please God, everything that's unpleased with me has to bow down to my God. Money can't do that. A 900 credit score can't do that. Having the most beautiful wife who's Miss Universe or uh, 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 the most beautiful man in the world or the biggest house in New York or uh, the best Rolls Royce or having unlimited amounts of cash can't bring this harmony that only God can bring through being content in who he is, who he's made you to be, and the knowledge and the certainty that God is in control of all things. This is the security of this promise to be careful for nothing. This is for your total well-being and the well-being of all those that are connected to you because your presence, your position, brings blessings to all those in your circle. Because God is no respecter of persons. He only needs one because he chooses one to go forth on behalf of all of the rest. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, my brothers and sisters, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you can't understand it. It doesn't make sense in your raggedy natural mind, in your sinful natural mind. It has to be the new mind. Because you've been conformed unto Jesus Christ. Because you said no to yourself and yes to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because you're eating from the table of his divine wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Which supersedes human knowledge, knowledge, wisdom and understanding. We're talking about the knowledge that created the whole universe. We're talking about the knowledge that created the human body. And its delicate and intricacies. We're talking about a wisdom that surpasses all human understanding. God has invited you into this place. He's invited me into this place. Will you accept this high calling of God? The high calling of God. Brothers, step up to it and be like the Apostle Paul said in closing in the previous verse in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. He says, brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I don't think about doing it. I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We must press toward the mark for the prize. It's a prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's not a low calling. It's not a middle class calling. It's not a 1% calling. It is a high divine calling. It is a calling that costs all of you because you got to forget those things which are behind, the good, the bad, and the ugly things. Because like 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. This is what Jesus mean when he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he goes on down in the next verse in 3 and 5 and says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. My brothers and my sisters, 
This is a wisdom that is a deep wisdom. It is launching out into the deep, a place where very few people will dare to go because you can't take your stuff with you. It is a new life. It is a divine life. It is an all-powerful, all-knowing life that only our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can bestow upon those who choose and are willing to be careful for nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.